The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. Glory to you, Jesus and his disciples arrived at the country of the Gerasenes, which is opposite Galilee. As he stepped out on land, a man of the city who had demons met him. For a long time he had worn no clothes, and he did not live in a house but in the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he fell down before him and shouted at the top of his voice, What have you to do with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? I beg you, do not torment me. For Jesus had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. For many times it had seized him. He was kept under guard and bound with chains and shackles, but he would break the bonds and be driven by the demons into the wilds. Jesus then asked him, What is your name? He said, Legion, for many demons had entered him. They begged him not to order them to go back into the abyss. Now there on the hillside a large herd of swine was feeding, and the demons begged Jesus to let them enter these. So he gave them permission. Then the demons came out of the man and entered the swine, and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and was drowned. When the swine herd saw what had happened, they ran off and told it in the city and in the country. Then people came out to see what had happened, and when they came to Jesus, they found the man from whom the demons had gone, sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. Those who had seen it told them how the one who had been possessed by demons had been healed. Then all the people of the surrounding country of the Gerasenes asked Jesus to leave them, for they were seized with great fear. So he got into the boat and returned. The man from whom the demons had gone begged that he might be with him. But Jesus sent him away, saying, Return to your home and declare how much God has done for you. So he went away, proclaiming throughout the city how much Jesus had done for him. The Gospel of the Lord. Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. We have some wonderfully rich text to work with today from Isaiah to our epistle reading um, from Paul as well as our gospel reading. I'm mostly going to focus on the epistle and the gospel today um, because boy it'll preach. We had so much good news today I can't even handle it all. This is one of those days that you read this story especially paired with this reading from Paul's letter that it's one of those days that you can't, it's hard to imagine not getting on board with the good news of Jesus Christ, right? It's just one of those days that you think, man, we're covering all the topics, right? So we have the story of Jesus hiring, uh, hiring, that's exactly what he doesn't do at the end, um, healing the demoniac uh, who is possessed with many demons. Um, the, the word legion we're not too sure exactly what that means. I grew up hearing 20, and, and now we think it's comparing it to a Roman legion, which we're not sure how many are even were in exactly a Roman legion, but well over a 1,000. So the point is, this is one sick dude, right? Like, that's the point is this guy's really not well. Um, so possessed is he with all of this um, 
all of these demons and all of this evil that people have been so afraid of him. They, they lock him up, you know. Um, they put him in chains. They shackle him. They try and keep him away from everyone because he can't be trusted. Uh, all of these demons make him do, I'm sure, horrible things. And he's naked. He's living in the tombs. You don't get any worse than that right? That is as outcast and as unclean as you can get. So to be around dead bodies not only makes you literally unclean, that's kind of nasty business, but also spiritually. It's one of the worst things you can do spiritually is come in contact with a dead body. So can you imagine living among the tombs, how unclean that would make you, right? Uh, and so they kept him locked up, didn't have any clothes. He was a terrible outcast, and he's the first one to greet Jesus. I love that so wonderful. Uh, he comes and, and greets Jesus, and Jesus casts the demons out and heals them. Now, what that says to us is that this is a God that for whom nothing is impossible, right? That we all struggle with our own demons, mostly metaphorically. Some of y'all maybe literally, right? <laughs> But mostly metaphorically, we have, all have things that we struggle with in our lives, uh, evils and sinfulness that draw us away from God. That's just a reality of being human. And if you tell me you don't, then come see me. I'm sure we'll find one. All right? <laughs> so we all struggle with our own demons, and this man is struggling with way more than most. Right? And so what we hear first, first the good news, the first that'll preach moment in this story, is that nothing can stop the power of God. Nothing. There is no condition, no matter of ill, no matter of evil that we can suffer that God cannot cure and cast out, right? Let's just sit down right there. That's fantastic, right? That alone should make you excited about the gospel and about the power of God in Jesus Christ, right? That, man, that alone is good news, that we have a God who is so powerful, nothing can keep us permanently away from God. That we can't, there's nothing from which we can't be healed spiritually, that God can't handle, uh, and so quickly, right? If only we would run to him, right? Oh, it's good news. That's good stuff, yeah? We hear the power of transformation, too. The, the level of healing that happens within the man is not just, let's bring him to a status quo, let's just get him so he's not running all over the place out of his mind. But very quickly, he is clothed. He's sitting at the feet of Jesus. He's not only well, he is now a contributing member of society. And don't we love that, right? That the healing God brings is not something that just makes you okay, but makes you well and healthy and hearty and ready to do good work, prepares you for anything you might want to do, right? It's not just healing. It is full transformation and restoration. Also, with the example that we have of Jesus coming to the Gerasenes, this is about forgiveness and a new creation, right? So, so that'll preach moment number two, that this is a God of changing the rules. So the Gerasenes mostly are Gentile people with probably some Jews smattered in, but the swine, did you catch the swine, right? I, I love that in the first reading, swine flesh. I'm a swine flesh eater, I confess. My name's Mary, I eat swine flesh, you know. In Isaiah, that's a horrible thing. And what we have is Jesus going directly to these people. This is, if you're growing pigs in a herd, you're not just looking at them because they're pretty, all right? So these are bacon eaters, right? And so Jesus is going directly to those people to bring the good news of God. That means, wait a minute, the rules have changed. This is a new creation. Everyone who was outside of the family before is now inside of the family. That'll preach. What great news. That's marvelous. 
That's absolutely fantastic. And Paul takes it a step further by saying what? One of our favorite passages, there is neither Jew nor Greek, male nor female, slave nor free. That anything that has ever divided us before does not exist in the eyes of Christ and in our community together. Right? If you ever were cast out of a community because of who you were, those rules no longer apply. This is great news, especially for the marginalized. The people who have been ostracized, alienated, cast out, right? They're welcome wholeheartedly into this community, 100%. This passage from Paul um, for our gender non-binary and transgender brothers and sisters and siblings, this passage is so powerful, right? That those ways that we like to divide people up and categorize people, they don't exist anymore. Everyone is welcome, for we're all made in the image of God. Great news! That'll preach, right? That if you have ever suffered oppression, right? That doesn't exist in the system. That's fantastic. That's marvelous. How can anyone not be excited about this story? How can anyone not hear the message of Jesus Christ? I mean, just this one story alone and not say, I am signing up for this, right? Healing, transformation, equality, fairness, forgiveness. Oh, a new creation. We should all be lining up for this. We should be rushing headlong into this system. We should all seek out such liberation and freedom. Everything that ever tied us down and enslaved us before, those bonds are broken. Even death has no sway on us. Oh my goodness, if this weren't an Episcopal church, I'd hear some amens. <laughs> so, what's the but? Because you know there is one, because it's directly in our story for today. We already see in this story from the gospel the challenge that people are going to have with this so-called good news. We understand even already in Jesus' own life the barriers that are going to come that are going to keep people from rushing into this life that is being a part of the way and the truth and the life, right? Jesus heals this man, makes him well. Can you imagine... Uh, if we had someone in our community who we probably wouldn't let them go naked, but who is completely out of their mind, as we say, that struggled constantly, that we all knew was dangerous because they weren't in control of themselves, and we all just did our best to make sure they didn't hurt anyone, that not even making sure they had basic needs met, but just making sure they weren't a liability to the community, right? We'd lock them up, right? As we'd, we'd do pretty much the same things. We wouldn't let them, wouldn't let them go naked. We wouldn't make them live in the graveyard. Uh, but if we had someone like that that struggled so horribly, that if someone came into our community, if Jesus came into our community and healed that person, wouldn't you expect for us to be excited? Like, wouldn't you expect for the way the story to read is not they were afraid, but instead they were totally elated. They were overjoyed, or at the very least, they were fascinated, right? Like, doesn't it seem like that's the way the story should go, is Jesus heals this man that no one could touch. In no time he heals this man. 
And instead of being at the least a little bit curious, the whole community was so afraid that they asked Jesus to leave. You know, they weren't just suspicious of him. They kicked him out. That's weird. What's wrong with these people? Right? I know if I were there, I would have been so excited. I would have taken that man to dinner. All right, well, stop. They're afraid. Because in this story and what we hear with it paired with, paired with Isaiah and also with this passage um, from Galatians, what we hear in this story is that we are very suspicious. We humans are very suspicious of anything that doesn't play by our rules. We're suspicious of it and we don't like it because it scares us, because we can't trust it, because there are rules to be followed. And this story doesn't follow the rules. First of all, there were lots of other deserving people who could have been healed, I'm sure. But Jesus picks this guy? He's as unclean and foul as you can get. And he heals him? And not only does he heal him, he like really heals him. Doesn't just make him so he's not as much of a liability, but completely makes him whole again. And I don't know about that kind of power. That scares me. Because that kind of power can't be controlled. That means there is no one in our community that can beat that power. A guy shows up that has more power than anyone else in your known community. Well, we know what power does to people. And we know we can't trust that. I'd rather know, right? I'd rather know what I'm dealing with than have someone come in with a lot of power I know nothing about. Because humans can't be trusted with power. What is it we say about the devil, you know? I'll take the devil I know. And I don't know this Jesus. That's a lot of power and authority. I'm not comfortable with that. I'm not comfortable with that. He's not one of us. He's not one of us. We have our, very much our understanding of what power means and how it's used, and we just are not so sure that we can trust someone who wields so much power and authority. We haven't even had a conversation with the man. He hasn't even run for office, not even city council. Where's his campaign manager, PR person, right? We're also not so sure about this whole equality thing and restoration thing because we have a very different sense of fairness than God does. God says, you're all my children. And we said, no, they're not. Right? We said, but, but I haven't eaten bacon my whole life. And these people get to be a part of the party? I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't like that. This guy who's caused havoc, wreaked havoc through our whole community, he's the one that gets to be healed and freed? I don't like that. That's not fair. That's not fair. Oh, don't we hear that all the time in gospel, by the way? People always coming to Jesus. Well, that's not fair. And Jesus says, I don't care, right? Fairness for me is not the same thing for fairness for you. That takes us again to the equality bit. We really like this passage from Galatians and the equality that Jesus is bringing as long as it applies to us. As long as we are the slave, the Gentile, and the woman. Yes! I want that equality, baby! I want to be a part of that. I want everyone to have exactly, uh, wait, step back. I want myself to have exactly what everybody else does, right? Like, that's when I'm on board with the equality piece. Yes, let's go for that. But the second that equality is extended to someone we think doesn't deserve it, 
Well, I'm inequality for me, not for them. They don't deserve it. Again, that sense of fairness. But, 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 like petulant children, we argue. No, not equality for everyone, just for me. And that makes us very uncomfortable, and we're afraid of anyone who would tell us otherwise, because that's not the way we work as humans. That's not the way we approach life. That just doesn't seem right. And then finally, we have this God who is not a God of obligation, and that doesn't make sense to us either, because we have a compensatory economy, right? I, I do something, you pay me a fair wage. In their time and in ours, right? We, they took it a little further than we do, but we still have the same mindset. If someone saves your life, you owe them that life. And this man asked to do exactly what is expected to, of him, exactly what he feels obliged to do. He goes to Jesus and says, all right, I'm going with you wherever you go. You saved my life. You now get that life. So I'm going to travel with you. I will do whatever you ask me to do. I am now yours, right? That's expected in that day. That's exactly what he should have expected of his life now. Jesus saves it. He now goes with Jesus. He does whatever he wants. And this God says, no, that's not what I do. We said, but that's not fair. You know, you did something. You need to get something. That's the way we work. That's our economy. And God says, no, that's actually not the way I work because I work in free will. And I want to know that you want to do that. So you get to stay here. And what I ask of you is that you preach the good news here. First of all, oh my goodness, what a hard job, right? So even if we were on board with this, that it's okay, Jesus is asking him something impossible because the people have just kicked him out of the community because they're afraid. And he's sending this guy back in who no one wants to talk to to then spread the good news and try and preach to people. Oh, come on, that's unrealistic. I don't know about that either. This is a God that is not realistic in what he demands of people and yet, what Jesus is saying, this is what I want you to do. I want you to do it because it healed you and because you feel excited. And out of thanksgiving, that's what you want to do. But I'm not going to make you. Jesus doesn't say, I'm going to come back in 30 days. And I'm going to take a toll, a poll of how many people you've converted and how successful you've been. right? And, and we don't have a story that shows Jesus a month later going back and saying, and the former demoniac was successful, we like statistics, y'all, was successful in converting 47% of the people in which he came in contact with. This is not the kind of God we have. We have a God that says, I've given to you, I want your life to be a thanksgiving for that gift, not an obligation, right? I have freed you, I have healed you, because that's what I do, that's my nature. I know your nature and I'm working against it here but I'm going to give you the choice. That, he could have done whatever he wanted to do at that point. He didn't have to tell a single soul about anything. He could have, Jesus is leaving. He could have stayed and tried to eke out a living for himself. He could have left. He could have gone to Vegas. He could have done whatever he wanted to do. But he stays out of thanksgiving to preach the good news of God. So here's our challenge, friends. We assume that we're all in with this Jesus business. We assume so much because we, you know, we've done the reading, we've studied the Bible, we know the good news. Yes, I want to run headlong into it, but the truth is all of us struggle in some way, shape, or form with all of those barriers that are alluded to in the story. We are suspicious people, right? I, I, you know, there's parts of it I like, but there's parts I just don't trust. I don't know that I can be on board with that. I'm just not so sure. 
it's a nice story. So our first hurdle is for ourselves, ourselves, to let go of all of those suspicions and doubts, right? And just revel in the good news. To be those willing to run headlong into this story. The greater challenge is this. We live in a world that is as suspicious as ever of good news like this. We live in a world that is not going to trust the true nature of the gospel at all because it does not play by our rules and we have very strict rules. And yet, we have a world hungry for this message. We have people starving in our own community to hear that someone loves them without condition, without obligation, with full equality and fairness for who they are and not who they're told to be who can be set free from every demon that tries to drag them down for every bond that keeps them chained. We have a message that will preach and preach so loudly. And there are people hungry to hear it. The challenge for us is figuring out how to get past those barriers. How do we leap over those hurdles? Hurdles that we all understand because we struggled with them ourselves. So what does that look like? How do we bring this good news? How do we become the healed man anxious to spread the good news in a community and in a world that isn't so sure about it, that would put Christ on the cross again today if he came back with the same message? So how do we do that? How do we preach a message that is so difficult to hear because we as humans, oh, it doesn't feel right doesn't seem to play by the rules. So an invitation. Spread the good news. Help get past those barriers. And help find creative ways to help people let go of that desire. To push away, to suspect, to keep things the status quo. Invite people into transformation. Because this message will preach. We just have to be willing to do it. Amen.